am so scared that I am practicing slow, deep chest breathing that I learned in prepared childbirth. It just came back to me. The mandate is heavy today, so just please bear with me. The Lord woke me up early and messed with my lesson. So I just, I'm just a mess. Okay, so, um, pardon? Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, the lesson is called Be Willing to Be Made Fishers of Men. And we're going to look first at this verse. Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I don't ever see this verse that I don't think about my first ever evangelism class. I was a new believer, 30, 31 years old, and this class was taught by Verla Pettit. She was a very influential woman in, in our city, and she left us, um, she made her mark on Memphis Union Mission, Victory Ranch, Mariah House, just to name a few. And so Verla gave me my first example for how to witness, and she said, I bought myself a pair of dangly earrings with fish on the bottom. And she said, I wore them on the airplane, and a man got on, and he was seated beside me. And he said, I like your earrings. And she said, I wear these because I'm a fisher of men. (laughs) And he said, oh, really? And she said, Yes, that's what the Lord Jesus calls me in his word. And then she went right on to share the gospel with him. Now, that might not be within your comfort zone today, but we'll talk about some other methods. So um, let's look at our verse. It contains a command and a promise. What is the command? Follow me. What is the promise? Is the promise conditional upon the command? Yes. What is our part? What is God's part? Okay, now I have one more question. Who is the command for? All of us. Okay. Now, um, we had two verses in our lesson this week. The Holy Spirit has come upon you. You will receive power and be my witnesses. Always be ready to give every man an answer. It's for all of us. And so you might say, well, then why is there a spiritual gift of evangelism? And so I looked that up in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. He gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, the work of ministry, the edifying of the body. So when we read that, that some have the gift of evangelism, it implies that some don't, but we're all to share. So what is that gift for? Does it mean the evangelists are the super sharers. I mean, it, it could. 
But it seems to me that they're the ones that teach the rest of the body how to share the gospel. It's for the work, it's for the building up of the body. But when we read this verse, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, it takes the burden off us. We don't have to make ourselves into evangelists. Our focus is to follow Jesus, and he'll do the work. And if we're truly following him, we'll be willing for him to do that work in us. God, God works when we're willing. So I'm going to talk about five ways to be willing. And we need to be willing to walk behind him, willing to witness, willing to watch for opportunities, willing to war in prayer, and willing to wait on God. So um, the first thing, be willing to walk behind him. This is um, in my bedroom, right across from my bed. It's the first thing I see when I op open my eyes in the morning. And it's a fishing village, and it's got lots and lots of boats, but there are no people in the picture. And so I like to think that Jesus has come along and given them a better offer. He said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And they all said, yes. And they followed, they left, that's why there are no people. These boats are abandoned. Have you ever done that? Have you ever left your agenda to follow him? Let me ask it another way. Have you done that today? Have you done that constantly, constantly is the temptation to take up our life. And sometimes I think I'm following Jesus, but what I'm really doing is saying, Lord, come along and bless my idea. So we need to be willing to walk behind him on the path. There are two reasons for that. The first thing is, if we're following him, He's going to take us to the places where the fish are biting. And this will be custom-made divine encounters. He knows how he's made us, and he'll take us to the people that need to hear from us. In our lesson, he knew to send Philip to the Ethiopian eunuch. And God will do that same thing for us. And another thing, the second reason if we're following him, he's going to be cleaning up our lives so we won't be a hindrance to the people we share with. Now, people watch our lives, but no matter how good your life is, you're going to have to go further. You see, no one can be saved by your life. They can only be saved by his death. So our next point is, we've got to be willing to witness. We need to memorize some verses. This was day two of our lesson. Not going to go over all that. Or we need to carry a marked Bible. We need to have a good gospel tract. Um, there's power in God's word. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, and even if someone wants to write off 
everything you've told them, God can cause his word to cling to them, and they can never forget what you've said. Now, um, two weeks ago, I was at the zoo, and I was in the ladies' room, and my heart was just thrilled. Here, on the top of the toilet paper rack, was a gospel tract. And so I just left it there praying that the right person would pick that up. And so I want to tell you that we have in our church three track racks. Do you all know that? Okay, you know that. All right, then I don't need to tell you where they are. Okay, Um, I have a picture up here of four tracks that have a complete gospel presentation. Now, what do I mean by complete gospel presentation? I was saved in 1977, and there was a term out there, easy believism. Hadn't heard that in so long, but it meant it was kind of controversial. Can you be saved without true repentance? And I just can tell you unashamedly that I think repentance is a necessary thing for salvation. I believe that that's biblical. There are tons of verses. I've got two up there now. The first, When Jesus first preached, repent and believe the gospel. And so um, these verses, these tracts contain repentance. And as a person is coming in contact with a holy God, they're going to be aware of sin. See, the gospel is first bad news before it's good news. We've all sinned, and the wages of sin is death. And a person is going to experience some godly sorrow over that sin. And repentance means godly sorrow. It also means a turn. They're going to want to turn from sin and turn to God. So be sure that you watch for repentance. Now, um, sometimes we can witness. I'm giving you just ways to, to have a gospel presentation. Um, Pastor John MacArthur, I have an example from his book. He had a man come into his office, and he said, I have two failed marriages. I'm living with a woman that I don't even like. I made $9 million last year in my abortion clinic. If ever there was a man given over to Satan, it's me. Can you help me? And John said, no, but I know who can, Jesus Christ. And he said, but I'm Jewish. I don't know who he is. So John gave him a Bible, and he said, read the Gospel of John and come back when you know who Jesus is. So the man came back, and he said, I know who Jesus is. He was God, and I know why he came, to save me from sin. And John said, how do you know that? And he said, I like John so well, I read Romans. And so he said, I have resigned from my job. I've ended my relationship. And when I finish cleaning up my life, I'm going to be a Christian. And John MacArthur said, ask God to save you now. 
and let him clean up your life. See, that's just, I thought about that. Do you give people a Bible and say, let's get together when you've read it or let's read it? Y'all, that's God's word. And how does it compare to my word? I mean, God's word is so, so better. But anyway, um, the word of God living, active, sharper than a two-edged sword. So I've given you those things as far as having a presentation. And we need to start there. We need to have that to fall back on. We also need to be ready when our presentation does not work. And um, I have messed up so many opportunities in my attempt to share the gospel. Um, As a new, somewhat new believer, I shared with my neighbor behind me, and she had terminal cancer, and I used Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, for grace we're saved through faith, not of works. And um, I finished, and she said, what is grace? And I said, "Uh, I don't know. I knew that's how I was saved. I could not define it. So I said, let me look it up and get back to you. So I didn't have very many books, but I found a definition. And so I said, Marie, it's unmerited favor. And she said, what is that? And I said, I don't know. And so she called me the next morning, and she said, I couldn't sleep last night. And I got up and turned on the television And I guess I went to sleep in the rocking chair because about 3 in the morning, I bolted awake, and there was a preacher on television, and he said, you want to know what grace is? I'm going to tell you what grace is. It's God's undeserved love for sinners. And she said, that satisfied me. See, I couldn't tell her what grace was, so... God told her, and she told me. How about that? But then, um, then um, she she did die, and I tried to witness to her husband until he said, "Go work on somebody else." Well, girls, God God has to open the door. We don't walk through a closed door, and I learned that I better pray that God opens the door. But then had a neighbor on the other side, and I had my method. I asked her to have coffee with me so I could share the gospel. I had a Mark Bible that led me from verse to verse, the last verse being John 14, 6, no man comes to the Father but by me, and I was going to say to her, Do you see any other way to come to Jesus? And um, before I could say anything, she told me that she did not believe the Bible. And she said, I've taken it apart and put it back together again. It's unreliable. I don't believe it. I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything to say. I fell flat on my face. And you see, God has said, you can't trust in a method. 
And you can't trust in your own way. Did I even pray about sharing with her? I did pray that God would make my words fruitful. But you see, that was after I had my plan. And so I have fallen on my face time after time that God might teach me that I can't trust in a method. I can only trust in him. So um, I actually do have a success some success stories, but I don't have time to tell you. So there. Okay. Now, um, if someone, if you encounter someone who doesn't believe the Bible, there are things that we can say, you know, like, tell me your, tell me your sources. Maybe we could talk about some, some new discoveries or What is your compass for, um, you know, how do you know you can be forgiven? Just just be ready for for that answer. And be ready when someone tells you you're narrow with John 14, 6. No man comes to the Father but by me. And um, if someone says to you, I've been wounded by Christians, you can say, may I ask your forgiveness on behalf of my brother or sister who wounded you and see if that will open the door for them. Okay, so um, that brings us, I hope, to be willing to watch for opportunities. As you follow Jesus and you meet people, Pay attention to who the Holy Spirit is drawing your heart to. When you talk with people, listen closely. We, when we share the gospel, it should be more about listening than talking. And what is the Holy Spirit saying to you about their conversation? What are they really saying? Do you hear a springboard? the gospel? Do you hear that door open? Do you hear them talk about a need that only God can meet? And be ready to turn the conversation. We, we, need, to be, um, we need to be intentional. A lady, we have a, a Bible class at, at Town Village Retirement Home, and a lady came to the class and she said, I'm convicted that I talk a lot but I don't talk about what matters. And I said, boy, do I share that conviction. So ask, um, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can turn that conversation to spiritual things. And um, we can, right now, you hear a lot of people talking about the wickedness in the world, the crime, the murders, the lawlessness, The Bible talks about that too. And it's caused by sin. And only Christians have the knowledge of how sin can be forgiven and how hearts can be changed. There was a man um, loading dirt into my car at at Ace Hardware. And he said, well, I just want to warn you that there are a lot of gangs about to come into our city. And I said, you know, you or I could be shot at any moment. What would happen 
if you died. And so, you know, it's just, it's a, it's just an opportunity. My friend Judy Griesbeck has one question. How can I pray for you? It works for her time and time again. So be watching and be ready with your testimony. My daughter's piano teacher told me I was saved at five years old and every day with Jesus has been sweeter than the day before. And I went home and I said, Lord, I want that testimony. I have 30 years of sin and rebellion. Why can I not have that testimony? But you know what? I've had to embrace my testimony. And my testimony is very shareable. And my husband's 60-year high school reunion was week before last. Three people asked me, how have you managed to stay married to him so long? <laughs> and, and one person even said, you must be a saint to have stayed married to this man. And I said, that's exactly it. God made me a saint. And I got to share my testimony three times. See, we were married five and a half years. And our marriage was the, I mean, nothing could have been worse. Not a day too soon did God save me. And a few months later, he saved my husband. And I can use that testimony. Um, but God will connect you with the person who needs your testimony as you follow him. So um, not only do we need to share our testimony, but we need to share the goodness of God. We need to share what God's doing in our lives. And when I was coming to the Lord, it, it took me a, a year. Um, there were two significant things. I was going to a Bible study at Sarah Butler's house. And I walked in one day, and she had beautiful new curtains. And she told me that the Lord helped her pick them out. And so I went home and I said to my husband, I just don't think I can go back to Bible study. Sarah Butler is so weird. She said God picked out her curtains, and we had a good laugh over that. And so then, a little bit later, I had a baby, and a lady, after I got home from the hospital, a lady knocked on my door, and she had a bottle of shampoo that I had ordered at a home party. I know that's weird, but that's true. And she said, I am so sorry to be so late delivering this to you. And I said, oh, don't worry about that. I've just had a baby. This is the first day that I could wash my hair. And so she said, the Lord knew you needed this shampoo today. And I thought, they're two weirdos. <laughs> and they're totally unconnected. And somehow, those thoughts turned into, do you think that there's a God who is so wise 
that he knows the very day I need shampoo and he cares enough to have somebody bring it to me? And do you think that there's a God who's so intimately involved in the lives of his children that he helps them pick out their curtains? And I, I, I pivoted. I pivoted. And I begin to long to know the God like this. So don't be afraid to mention those good things that God has done for you. Just let people think you're weird. They might get saved. Okay. Now, as you watch for opportunities, you must also watch for ways that the enemy is trying to keep that person from salvation. The enemy first tried to keep Jesus from going to the cross, and he failed at that. So now he tries to keep people from getting saved. And so warfare prayer is closely linked to sharing your faith. You've got to be willing. You have got to pray for God before you even share, pray for God to plow up the ground in that person's heart so the gospel seed can penetrate their heart. And after we've shared, we pray that God will protect the seed and not let the enemy snatch the seed away. Pray that God will send someone to water and give the, that God will give the increase. Now, I have prayed for the salvation of someone I love for years. And I recently read in an old book, it was Jesse Penn Lewis, Warfare and the Way to Victory. The book is out of print. And she said, we don't have to beg God to save someone. God wants to save them. His arms are stretched out wide and willing. But we can pray that God will remove the veil that the enemy has put over this lost person to blind their minds. Pray that God can remove that veil and that they can see the truth, that, they can see, that the enemy's lies will be exposed and they can see the truth of the gospel. And we can also pray because the enemy can bind up a will of someone and not release their will to be saved. And we can pray that God will make the enemy release that person's will so they can hear the gospel and be saved. So um, when you've shared your faith and when you've done battle, warring in prayer, then we need to be willing to leave the results to God. And that's our last point. Now, um, I want to mention a couple of cautions. We don't pick green fruit. We, if, we don't force a conversion. If we don't feel like God has done the work in someone's heart, we can walk away knowing that God will finish the work. And we don't walk through a closed door. The person is not responsive. Then we can ask God to open that door and wait for his timing. He is the author of salvation. Now, um, this morning, I was awakened 
with the testimony of how my father came to the Lord Jesus Christ, pressing on my heart. And I hadn't even thought of that until this morning, and I just knew that I'm to share that. So I don't know who this is for, but when my dad was 68 years old, he was facing heart surgery. He had a ruptured heart, a hole in his heart. And Lorinda and I were talking earlier that um, I've read that that's, that's what happened to the Lord Jesus on the cross. The weight of our sin was so heavy on him that his heart, heart ruptured. Um, my dad, they said, you know, he may make it, he may not. And I went in to talk to him before surgery. And I said, Daddy, I think you are going to make it, but what if you don't? I want to know that I'll see you in heaven. And he said, you can't know that. And I said, Daddy, you can. This is in First John 5.12. These things have I written that you may know you have eternal life. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. I said, Daddy, it's in Jesus. Will you pray with me to put your sins on Jesus? And he said, no. So my daddy went into surgery, and the doctor came out several hours later, and he said, well, he's still alive. Um, we lost him once on the table, brought him back. Um, he could make it. And when my daddy came out of that surgery about five hours later, when we were able to talk to him, he said, God has brought me this far. I think he's going to bring me the rest of the way. So I thought, seems like my father has had an encounter with God. It seems like there's a drawing there. And so he, he was in a coma. He had dialysis. He got pneumonia. He got infection. Months he came out of the hospital and came home. And so um, I began to, to witness to him. I sent Pastor Earl Stevens to talk to him. He was a, a amazing evangelism, and I just did everything. And the last thing I did, I had... Um, do y'all know what a cassette tape is? Does everyone... <laughs> I guess it was the forerunner of the CD and the forerunner of the podcast. I don't know. But anyway, it was a cassette tape. And um, Dr. Adrian Rogers, The Simplicity of Salvation. And so I asked my daddy, I said, will you listen to this tape? And he did. And so I went in and he said, I don't know. It just seems too simple to me. I've never received anything in my life that I haven't had to work for. And I said, Daddy, Daddy, that's because Jesus did it. Jesus paid the price. Jesus did. He, he, he secured salvation for you. 
And so the day came, and I walked in, and my daddy said, sit down, I want to tell you something. And he said, I have asked Jesus to save me, and you don't have to worry about me anymore. But I'm wondering, I confessed every sin I can remember, but what if I forgot something? Well, I didn't know Cricket Keith at that time, and I thank you, Cricket, for telling me that when Jesus died on the cross, he died for our sin, past, present, and future. So I just had to say to my daddy, oh, daddy, don't worry. If you forgot something, Jesus will bring it to mind. It's the best I could do. And um, he said, but don't ever ask me to say the blessing or pray or anything like that. And a little bit after that, it was my birthday, and my mom made a dinner. And my daddy hobbled in on a walker and read a, a prayer that he wrote that was a blessing. And um, then he, he didn't live long, but just want to tell you this thing. Um, he was in, in ICU on a respirator. And I walked in one day and there was a nurse there. I can't remember her name. She had long red hair. And she said, is your father a Christian? And I said, he is. And she said, I thought so. And I said, why? The man was just lying there. And she said, when I walk in this room, there's the sweetest spirit of God. And she said, where do you? She said, I'm new in town. Where do you go to church? And I said, First Evan. And she came here and joined the church. My daddy, because of my daddy's sweet spirit as he lay there in bed. So, girls, that is God. Now, I want to leave you with one thing. Um, there was a missionary from our church named Dennis Cantrell. He's now with the Lord Jesus. And he used to send a Christmas card out every year. And on that Christmas card was a picture of a basketball goal. And at the bottom it said, you miss every shot that you don't take. Now, We need to be following Jesus. We need to be witnessing. We need to be watching for opportunities. We need to be warring in prayer. And we need to be waiting on God. But I'll leave you with this admonition. Take the shot. You can't mess it up so badly that God can't redeem it. Let's pray. Dear Father, make us willing to follow you. And Lord, I just want to claim this promise for us. I don't know if that's biblical. I don't know if I can claim it for us today, but I want to do that. We humbly ask you, to make us fishers of men. In Jesus' name, amen.